Our next guest here on Sports Medicine Weekly is Chris Stout, talking a little bit about artificial intelligence. Chris is a vice president of research and data analytics at ATI Physical Therapy. Before we get to Chris, uh, Dr. Cole, you've been doing some things in AI or artificial intelligence, haven't you? You know, it's that when people hear the term artificial intelligence, um, and we'll have Chris sort of elaborate on it because I still need to learn exactly what it is, but you almost get this feeling that things kind of happen by themselves vis-a-vis a computer, right? But whatever a computer does needs data, and needs to sure. be, the data needs to be coded properly. So the stuff that we're doing, uh, working with a, a startup company, and we're capturing the entire surgical procedures of shoulder procedures. And then he's basically at the pixel level, the smallest level of sort of resolution when you, you know, to, to visually or optically see something, he's reconstructing it and, and coding it. And then we're able to take the, we're going to potentially use that for um, uh, competency testing for teaching procedures to other, to other young residents and fellows. So that's how we're using artificial intelligence. But I, I think probably the public needs a good explanation as to what it is, and I think I can't do it justice. So Chris Stout uh, from uh, ATI, who's a, a, a clinical professor in the College of Medicine at U of I. Um, also, I know you work with ATI. Just give our audience a, a brief lesson on what it is and how you're using it. Well, sure. Uh, thanks. Good to be back on, you guys. Um, artificial intelligence, I mean, most people might have an experience of it if they have an Alexa at home. And basically, how does Alexa start to learn how to respond or how to recognize people's voices? How does Facebook start to recognize people's faces when and they tag them? And they have a pretty good likelihood of being able to do that. So to your point about um, your project looking at, at pixels, those pixels get turned into data. Our voices get turned into data if we're talking to Alexa or something like that. And there's intelligence that drives that, but it, it keeps learning. It doesn't. It's not just wrote. It doesn't just happen one time. The, the machine learning, if you will, gets better and better, and it iterates. It learns. It, makes, it, it gets over those mistakes. It gets better with understanding your voice over time. So if you're talking to Siri or Alexa, the more you do that, the more data it has and the better it is about being able to properly understand what you're saying or what you're wanting to see and then being able to respond that way. So, Chris, what, what are you doing in the therapy space? Where, what, what, tell us about that. Sure. Um, well, similar to what you're, you're talking about, there's a lot of areas where uh, data can come in to help inform decisions. And we're, <clears throat> pardon me, at a very beginning, nascent stage to take that data <clears throat> and combine it with what the literature says to help inform treatment planning in our electronic medical record. So, for example, um, no one has time to go to the proverbial stacks and read what the literature says about all the different kinds of things about treating different uh, post-op injury, post-surgical injuries, things like that. So um, we can't, with, within all the clinics that we have and with all the therapists we have, expect them to keep up with that. So our, part of what my department's doing right now is taking uh, clinical guidelines in terms of treatment and then being able to see uh, how we apply that with our patients and then how that, what those outcomes turn out to be. And even though you may have an empirically-based treatment guideline to help guide a, pa guide a therapist through that patient's journey, we know that patients are different from one another. They might be a different age. They might be a different body type. They might have experienced their injury with some other comorbidities that make them maybe a little bit more complicated case. So after a year's worth of, of iterating and data uh, collecting and tweaking, we want to then look back and see how can we uh, change those guidelines 
to be able to be more specific to the idiosyncratic differences of the patients that we see. Visiting with Chris Stout here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Chris is a vice president, Department of Research and Data Analytics with ATI. And Chris, uh, we're talking about artificial intelligence. How big is the gap between the public expectations of AI and its actual capabilities? Well, um, that's quite a variable question because there's so much diversity in medicine. Uh, I would say um, that it's it's very good and probably exceeds expectations in areas where AI is very powerful, which is in diagnostics and which is in imaging. And the reasons for that, again, goes back to Dr. Cole's example of, you know, getting down to the pixels and turning those data into something that's, that's helpful and knowledgeable. But um, the speed in which, like AI in um, radiology and MRI exams, there's a uh, company that just came out last year with an FDA-approved uh, tool to be able to look at MRIs, and they can speed up the process of an MRI review to 15 seconds of what would typically take a human 30 minutes to come up with the same kind of diagnosis. Yeah, I could see how that. I could see how that. Now that I understand it, I could see how that would happen. It's basically mm-hmm. an automated process that leads to that. One of the things that we're looking at is you can capture a whole surgical procedure, and it could actually. You know, we have to transcribe every operation we do. We dictate it. So mm-hmm. the the AI platform, for lack of a better word, you can correct me if you wish, uh, can take the surgical procedure that's been captured and create a dictation for all the steps you do for documentation purpose and then actually bill it and submit it for coding purposes for insurance uh, reimbursement. That's mm-hmm. that's a goal. I'm you know we're still trying to find all the value of this. Sometimes I I feel like it's it's you're, you've got new technology. You're trying to find a place for it when you have this new technology. Uh, right. But but it is particularly exciting. And if we could be better at our job and be more efficient uh, through and this doesn't seem like once it's up up and running that the cost of using it is particularly expensive. But obviously the development time mm-hmm. and costs I imagine are are particularly large. Right. Yeah, it's and it, you're right. It's all front end loaded for these kinds of things. Yeah. And then the ability to sort of propagate that out um, becomes much and much uh, more affordable and, and much um, less complicated uh, over time. Once you've got the algorithm built, you just continue to feed it. Chris Stout, appreciate you joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. It's a pleasure. Take care, you guys. All righty. Back with our staple of the show, our Ask the Doctor segment. Stay with us. Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score.